The OCD and Anxiety Podcast by Robert James Coaching. Hello and welcome to the OCD and Anxiety Podcast, where we explore how to have a more positive relationship with anxiety disorders, taking back control so that you can start living the life you choose and not the one chosen by your fears. Hello and welcome to episode 267. I hope that you guys are doing very well today. Um, If you are struggling with OCD or anxiety, then you can get a free session with me. To get that, all you need to do is to head over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com. There you can book yourself that free session directly. uh, Or if you prefer, uh, you can send me a message and let me know about what you're struggling with. Um, in today's podcast, I'm going to be uh, speaking um, with Andre Ham. Andre is a breathwork instructor and wellness coach based out of Salt Lake City, Utah. He was drawn to the healing arts after suffering a concussion while training to uh, represent Costa Rica at the 2018 Winter Olympics in uh, slope-style skiing. After quitting uh, competitive skiing, lingering concussive symptoms quickly spiraled into ever-present anxiety. He became consumed by uh, OCD for many years. Now, with the help of a of great therapist and the introduction of the uh, Wim Hof method, he was able to re-engage with life and return to the mountains. Andre hopes to help others discover uh, the fire within themselves and see new possibilities for their lives and the world. I think you'll find that it's a really interesting conversation. Um, Yet again, we have another Wim Hof instructor on the podcast, but this is obviously somebody who has struggled with OCD themselves. Um, You know, Andre has a really interesting story to tell, Um, you know, having had this uh, unfortunate accident and and concussion, you know, he really uh, started to struggle with OCD from that point. And, uh, you know, particularly very strong anxiety, which so often underpins OCD. Um, So he's really kind of explaining about his story, how OCD crept up on him over time and gradually got worse. Um, You know, and and some of the things that have been very helpful for him, uh, like ERP and the Wim Hof method and learning to, to overcome it. It's a really uh, inspirational story, and uh, I hope that you uh, that you enjoy and, and get a lot out of it. Um, if you would like to to find out more about Andre, you can um, you can check out his website uh, www.respiritwellness.com, uh, or you can find him on Instagram uh, at Andre Ham. I'll include his links in in the show notes. And uh, that's about it. I really hope that you enjoy. Uh, Please also remember, if you would like to sign up um, for uh, my Patreon, you can now do that. There's a link in the show notes there too. So many thanks, guys. And I really hope that you enjoy. Hi, Andre. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Rob. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on. So... um, you're over there in Salt Lake City. I'm um, up here in the Pyrenees Mountains, but um, 
thanks to this amazing technology, we're able to to have this conversation today. Um, so to to start off with, could you um, just tell us a, li- a little bit about yourself, please? Yeah, totally. Um, my name is Andre Ham. I uh, grew up in Boulder, Colorado, which is I'm in Salt Lake City, Utah right now. So that's about eight hours away driving. Um, it's this little mountain town. Uh, kind of in the front range of Colorado, beautiful skiing, biking nearby. Um, so yeah, grew up doing, really loved the outdoors. Uh, I was a big skier. I kind of spent a lot, most of my childhood, you know, every weekend going up to the mountains, skiing with friends, kind of doing, doing a ski team. And I really fell in love with the sport of slope style skiing. So those, I don't know if, you know, the listeners have heard of that, but it's uh, a sport where you kind of slide down a hill and go off jumps and do tricks and rails. Um, it's it's really a lot of fun to watch and to do. Uh, it had a lot of viewers during the past couple Olympics. So, yeah, I had so much fun doing that. You know, that's kind of where I found a lot of excitement and joy. And um, I, I started competing. And so that was that was pretty exciting for me. And um I, you know, I'm also half Costa Rican, so my mom's from Costa Rica, and so I'm a citizen of that country. And thought it'd be cool to try to to compete professionally for for Costa Rica. So I um, went down to Costa Rica, talked to some people, filled out some forms, and I was able to to get myself on the Costa Rican ski team. And there had actually been a few uh, skiers from Costa Rica that had gone to previous Olympics, kind of more in the racing disciplines. Mm. Um, but there was nobody else on it at that time. So it was, it was really cool to, to kind of go through that process. And after that, I, you know, started competing at some bigger events and finally got enough points to qualify for the world cup circuit. And so this was the, um, you know, kind of goes, there's four or five events throughout the world. Um, I actually went to the first time I was in Spain was actually for the 2017 world ski championships. And that was in, uh, the Sierra Nevada. So right by Granada. Um, so I got to travel the world, which was super cool. I was skiing against my idols. Um, you know, I don't know if anybody knows these names, but like Bobby Brown, Henrik Harlow, you know, these are people I looked up to my whole life and it was just so fun to be competing next to them and kind of in the starting gate. And yeah, it was a ton of fun. Um, and was kind of pushing for that Olympic 2018 um, goal. That was something I really wanted to achieve. And in the summer of 2017, I hit my head while I was skiing out in Mount Hood, Oregon, which is mm. I was actually a counselor at a, a ski camp, but I was skiing a lot too and kind of training there. Yeah. And that sort of, that concussion sort of started to spur for me a lot of anxiety symptoms. It started mm-hmm. off as just having a headache and, um, well, I had put all this pressure on myself. So I was, you know, seeing chiropractors, really anybody I could think of, acupuncturist, medical yeah. doctors, really just trying to get um, myself to feel better. Um, but this headache lingered and I had this anxiety that started about just worrying about my head and I didn't want to go biking or jump on the trampoline because I thought I was going to make it worse. And then, Mm. you know, I didn't want to 
do anything where that would be super jarring, which I think is typical for somebody that has had a concussive history. But, um, you know, it, it really lasted for months and started to, this anxiety started to expand to other areas of my life, specifically health. I became, you know, super hyper-focused on what kind of diet I was doing or, um, you know, the food that I was eating, if that was going to be super detrimental to my health. I started, you know, doing research about, you know, the electromagnetic field pollution and how that would affect me. I became kind of nervous about that. And, you know, I started, and this is kind of when it started for me becoming, I knew something was up with, I didn't, I didn't know the term OCD yet or what that really meant, but, you know, I was spending a lot of time, I would maybe, you know, go out to eat and have big burger with a lot of butter or something on the bread. And I would be like, "Uh Oh, that had a lot of fat in it. Is that going to give me a heart attack? And then for the rest of the day, I'd just be worried if I was going to have a heart attack. I actually remember one time I was, you know, I'd just gotten to Europe with my family and it was super fun. And we just went out to dinner and I just like had some pasta. And all I could think about was if the butter on it was going to give me a heart attack. And it like for the next day, I was just like not having a good time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's when the OCD start symptoms started really kind of making life difficult for me. And over the the span of a few years, it kind of was mostly in that health realm. But then um, it was actually kind of strange, you know, the more I started kind of trying to figure out my mental health and focus on it, that I had this, you know, this obsessiveness about healing, it kind of made it worse. And I started getting more uh, intrusive thoughts about um, that was kind of harm related. I, I stopped driving because every time I left my house, I thought that I had hit somebody or, Mm -hmm. you know, and at times I would get home and then I'd go find a a scooter, one of those electric scooters. And I'd like retrace my, my driving route to make sure I hadn't hit anybody. Mm. Um, And so it just became really, really torturous um, at this point. And I luckily um, this was about three and a half years ago. I think I was kind of at a point where I couldn't drive. I was just really having trouble living my day to day life because of, uh, OCD symptoms. And I was kind of ready to quit my job and just move in with my parents and like seek treatment. Um, but luckily there was a, uh, a treatment center nearby that focused on ERP yeah. and kind of CBT. So I kind of entered a, uh, a pretty intensive program. I would go five days a week for three hours. It was like two hours of exposure therapy followed by um, like one hour of either group therapy or meeting with a therapist. And so I did seven weeks of that. And, you know, just having the framing of, of ERP and kind of those, those tools and having the knowledge of how OCD works in my brain and what was really happening really was empowering sort of just to know that, okay, I was able to sort of relabel the intrusive thoughts that I was having is this isn't necessary. Like, this is not me. This is just something that's going on in my brain. Yeah. I can take productive steps in the way I respond to those thoughts and the way I behave um, that will lead to me having a higher quality of life. And so, um, yeah, after that, it was still hard. You know, I remember, coming out of the the ERP um, kind of seven-week program. And 
I would still be, you know, I'd get home after school and I would, you know, be there like writing a script about how I had hit somebody on the way home and just really trying to dive deep into it. And it wasn't fun, mm. but I was committed and it was like, I know that this will help me in the long run. Um, and yeah, that's kind of, and then this was right around the point where um, the pandemic sort of started to happen. This was late 2019, I think it was. And yeah. And then kind of when the pandemic came on, I, you know, I'd had a lot of, a lot of my fears had been around things like rabies and tetanus and other viruses. So um, I was definitely, ang- you know, I'd read in the newspaper, oh, like one person died because of this fungal thing and like, you know, somewhere far away. And I'd be like, uh-oh, it's coming for me. Um, so I was, I was definitely worried about it. And that's kind of when I found the Wim Hof method. And I, I had tried it a lot before, but I had just been doing it like way too fast and it, <laughs> I just wasn't doing it right. And, it, um, but the app really helped me out and, um, you know, kind of at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, I was able to really have some time to dive into that practice with the cold and the breath work. And, you know, it didn't, it wasn't a panacea, but it just really gave me kind of a breath of fresh air in terms of like really being empowered by having a tool where I could consciously change my state just mm-hmm. by going and breathing. Yeah. And really it gave me some perspective with the breathing, you know, of I'd be able to sort of calm down my mind enough and, and feel good enough to know, okay, I have OCD. This is hard. OCD is hard, but I'm strong. I know I have the tools to get through this. Um, and just really kind of gave me a sacred place of like finding the strength in myself to kind of confront the challenges that, that we all have, especially, you know, those of us, everybody has challenges and, you know, I don't like to compare suffering between OCD and, and really anything else, but it, OCD is definitely particularly challenging. Hmm. Um, and yeah, that's, and then I just got really into the Wim Hof method and breathing and kind of went down that rabbit hole. And today I, uh, yeah, live in Salt Lake city still. I'm back skiing. I stopped skiing for a long time. Um, really enjoying life, kind of pursuing being a, a breathwork coach, uh, both for kind of functional breathing and kind of Wim Hof related stuff. So, uh, yeah, you know, I am, I think I'm the happiest I've ever been. Definitely not, you know, moment to moment. I'm not like ecstatic, but I think really I've had OCD gave me a huge opportunity to, mm. to challenge myself to grow and to really say yes to this life and to make the most of it. So, um, yeah, that's kind of just a quick, I guess not too quick little background about me and, uh, what I do. Yeah, fantastic. You know, you've really uh, given us a, a solid understanding there of of your story and and how OCD, you know, can can begin to creep up on on us from 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 nowhere sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah. So so when you were younger, um, you know, before you had this this uh, ski accident where you you struggled with concussion, um was was ocd not a factor you don't remember it when you were younger i mean have you struggled with anxiety when you were younger yeah 
you know, I, I didn't have, I always, you know, kind of, let me, let me think. When I was really young, I, I remember a few things that definitely I look back and I'm like, yeah, that was kind of OCD. I remember like in third grade, I would just be in the classroom hanging out and I would just spend a lot of my time counting features on my teacher's faces and I mm. couldn't really stop. So I'd be like, okay, eyebrow, eyebrow, like one, two, eyelash, eyelash, eye, eye, like nose. And I would just kind of go around counting people's facial features, <laughs> which um, and I was, I don't know, I was like six or seven, I don't know, maybe nine at that point. And I just thought it was weird, but like, you know, it didn't, I just like, okay, this is just something I do, whatever. I'm sure it'll pass. Um, And then I was also... So that was kind of a little, that was definitely OCD. And I also had this, I just had a very big sense of guilt and sort of responsibility as a child. I remember, um, I, I just, I really wanted everyone to feel good. I would just get super distressed. Like if my friends were, were fighting, um, I wanted, I really wanted everyone just to be like happy and okay. And, um, I also, you know, so that, that was kind of one part of my, my experience. I also had a lot of trouble. I felt I had a lot of trouble sleeping. Um, you know, I, I would really, for a long time, I would like need to sleep in my parents' bedroom um, for, I just was really scared. Um, so there was definitely some sort of anxiety about being alone um, and some sort of overextended feelings of responsibility um, but it didn't, I, it wasn't really debilitating as a child. I, I've had a really great group of friends and I did well in school and I found a lot of love through a variety of sports and I had, um, a great family and kind of community. Mm. So it, it definitely showed up, but not in a debilitating way when it did. Yeah. Uh, you know, okay. when I was like yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it was something that when you look back and you reflect on, as I think a lot of people with OCD uh, do, you know, they realize, ah, there was some tendencies, you know, from the past and perhaps they weren't chronic at that time, um, you know, but, but often it is something that when we reflect, you know, we realize, okay, that thing, that particular thing I used to do, hmm, that's interesting. It's a little bit obsessive in nature. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, so, so obviously, uh, at some point, um, and often it is because of a life stress or some kind of event that happens, um, you know, the the actual OCD can become chronic. Um, you know, we, we can start to ruminate, we can start to to really, uh, unfortunately, get lost in, um, you know, compulsions and trying to, to push away those uncomfortable emotions i mean it was interesting when you were talking about uh when you were a child you liked it when every when everything was okay with everybody when your friends yeah. weren't arguing and people were just getting on you know like i i think i was quite similar actually as a kid and you know i think it relates to almost not wanting to experience difficult emotions um yeah. which is definitely you know something that's a big part of ocd uh for, for sure um okay and so 
when you struggled with this uh you know when the ocd did become chronic and you went and did this erp intensive stuff um what was what was the most helpful thing that you that you've you know learned and that you use to help you with your ocd you know that's a a tough question to answer because i, I think it's changed over the course of my experience in, in my, my recovery. Mm. I think, you know, at, at first having just the knowledge of what OCD was and having, you know, tools like ERP or just, I forget, you know, what word we use, but kind of like a, a catchphrase, like, um, you know, I, I don't, I can't know for sure what's going to happen. Um, like who knows, just really being embracing to... uncertainty. Yeah. Yeah. Embracing the uncertainty with kind of, um, in, in a mindful way. I think mm. that that was really, really useful to me at the beginning. Um, and then as time went on, just really kind of figuring out for me, that what was keeping me trapped was my um, really intense desire just to get rid of it. Mm, this sort yeah. of the more I held on to not wanting to have thoughts or pain, the more it stuck around. Absolutely, yeah. And if, you know, and it, and it's it's challenging because obviously we all want to feel good and to to be happy and. But the more I was able to accept the experience that I was having in the moment and not try to figure out when it was going to feel better or when it was going to leave me, um, you know, that has been just really, really incredibly helpful for me. And um, yeah, ERP has been incredible. You know, it's it's so fun watching your brain change. You know, I remember these things that would that used to come up for me. You know, I, I I've always had a theme around rabies, and so I'm scared that I'm gonna go, you know, get bit by a dog or something like that. Mm. And so I used to during when I was really struggling with it. You know, maybe I'd walk by a dog and it would bark at me, and then I would like turn around, look at it for a while, and then look at my leg and be like, okay, it didn't bite me. There's nothing here. And then I'd, but for the next hour, day, maybe even two days, I'd be replaying in my mind the scenario, trying to figure out if maybe some of the saliva got into an open wound in my hand, if for some reason there was some other way that it could have gotten me, given me rabies. And even though I knew it was ridiculous and, you know, even sometimes at the beginning of treatment, I would use, I would just try to stick with the uncertainty. It was still very challenging. And it's just so cool being able to go out and, you know, having this peak of distress still where there's a dog that I don't know, and it's kind of aggressive and I just kind of walk around it. Um, and, I, you know, I still feel distress within me. And then I'm like, okay, well, I, I guess there's some possibility I could have gotten rabies. And then five minutes later, my brain just isn't thinking about it anymore. It's, yeah. it's so cool. Yeah. And <laughs> it's just like, your brain actually changes and the way it thinks actually changes. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. 
And I'm, it's, yeah, so that's been super uh, helpful for me. And then the breath work has just been really life-changing in, in many ways, sort of more really regarding to my mood and like my agency about having a say in how I feel. So yeah, I really yeah. think ERP and breath work for me were like a great pair. Yeah, absolutely. No, I really agree as well with what you were just saying there, you know, of using or embracing ambiguity, um, you know, and, and sometimes just agreeing with the thoughts or maybe not even agreeing, but just saying, yeah, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> perhaps you I know? do have this. Perhaps that did, did happen. Or perhaps yeah. this will happen. Uh, yeah, you can totally. you can use it with just about any any obsession whatsoever. The amazing thing about that approach is what you're really doing is you're reducing uh, the resistance. Um, yeah, you know you're no longer you know fighting against it as much. You're you're opening up to acceptance. Maybe you're not a hundred percent accepting, but we don't need to do that to start with. We just need to to be able to do what you've just said. You know of just standing up to it a little bit um, yeah and you can learn and your brain does learn you know um and and interestingly as well i think with erp so often the learning is going on subconsciously you know just by putting ourselves in that uncomfortable place you know you don't need to do too much more the brain will will kind of take care of it uh for you yes i think that is is such an important um concept to it's it's super hard to wrap your head around mm. um because i guess part of my obsession and desire to to heal myself and feel better was i felt i needed to understand it you know i needed to dig into all the science and know all about the body and the brain and i needed to know how i was going to heal how it was going to happen and that desire to be certain of the process really got in the way. So I, I love what you said about that is just putting yourself in that uncomfortable situation. It's like things are happening subconsciously and you are changing and you don't need to know exactly how it's happening or what yeah. the yeah. final, um, how it's going to turn out in the end, like when you're going to get better. Um, it's really about trusting the process and, you know, because it, it, it really does work. And there's a lot of research backing it up. And, you know, so many people that have recovered uh, from OCD through, you know, ACT and ERP and other types of therapies. But, you know, there's a huge, it's really difficult, especially with somebody for OCD, to really just kind of trust that it's going to work and trust that process and just kind of start doing it. Um, but I think for me, that was a huge, um, and I still have to remind myself that is like, I don't have to know how it's going to happen. I just yeah, kind of, yeah, oh, I yeah. got to do the work. In fact, that that urge to want to know exactly how it's going to happen and, you know, exactly what's going on in the brain and understanding it from the science perspective exactly, you know, unfortunately that can just become another obsession in itself, you know, yeah. another, another way that the OCD kind of keeps us stuck, um, totally. you know, and so learning to let go of that and and recognize actually how that might be holding you back in uh you know in learning how to manage ocd you know i think that's a really important point that you've made there um mm -hmm. 
Yeah, fantastic. And then obviously the Wim Hof method has been very helpful for you, as you mentioned their breath work in combination with ERP um, mm -hmm. has been very helpful. Um, then obviously there's there's also the kind of cold exposure element to, to the Wim Hof method. Um, yeah. Do you think that's been helpful as well? Or do you find the breath work is the main thing for you? I, I really do think the cold exposure has been helpful. I I definitely notice it in my mood after, especially if I do an ice bath or something that's a more intense cold immersion. I My mood is elevated uh, throughout that day. And, um, you know, for me, I, I haven't noticed with either the cold exposure or with the breath work that it doesn't make my thoughts go away or it doesn't, you know, necessarily make me while I'm doing it, it makes me less anxious, but then I, I can go back to the thoughts. But I just have this underlying improved mood and I think sort of settled nervous system that allows me to, um, you know, have higher executive function and work with the tools that I know um, in, a, in a better way. So I, I do think the cold exposure has helped, you know, just practicing the just you know, knowing how to deal with that high level of stress and tension in the body that mm. you feel as soon as you get into the ice bath, you know, taking those long, slow, deep breaths to work through that challenging situation and sort of gather your, gather your thoughts and your, and kind of get grounded while you're in that stressful situation. I find super similar to when I'm driving in the high, down the highway, kind of worried if there'd been people around that I hadn't seen or hid in my car, you know, if I have these distressive intrusive thoughts while driving and when I'm in the ice bath, you know, the body has very, you know, it has one stress response, one stress mechanism. So learning to deal with the stress of the cold has helped me deal with the stress of OCD and, you know, whatever else comes up in my life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, and I, yeah, I think I completely agree up here in the mountains, uh, this weekend and we'll probably do some cold exposure at some point, uh, obviously just pointing out as well, when we do do cold exposure, you know, obviously we're trying to do it in a safe and responsible way, uh, making sure ideally you do it with somebody else and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, if I get an opportunity this weekend, I'm, uh, going to perhaps jump in uh, a river um there's a well it's more like a stream to be honest rather than a river but it's uh you know jumping in there and uh normally I stay in for two minutes uh two minutes is enough uh for me to to really get the benefit of the cold um also in two minutes the first minute is it to be fair is kind of you know purgatory <laughs> <laughs> um you know you got to as you're pointing out you got to do your best to kind of breathe through it stay focused um but after about a minute or so you know normally what what tends to happen is you begin to to kind of go numb and it's not so painful you get used to it um and you you can work on that acceptance as well whilst you're you know whilst you're in there and you're experiencing that discomfort you know, for me, it's a great way to to actually work on that that acceptance, which you can then apply, you know, to to other uncomfortable situations that that might come up with OCD. Um, you know, so it's uh, yeah. yeah, it's something that that I try to to practice. I was doing it a lot more in the past, 
more recently since uh since having a baby it's a bit harder to to find the time um but i do notice the benefit when i do for sure um okay andre if you only had one piece of advice for people who might be struggling uh with ocd and anxiety what would it be that's another tough question um <laughs> let me just think for a few seconds first you know i would offer hope that that it it does get better and you know life can be more beautiful than you could ever imagine from a point of kind of despair that you may get to whether you're experiencing um ocd or anxiety um actually i really like this quote that um this doctor doctor i worked with for a little bit uh, dr dan angle he says something along the lines of you know the caterpillar doesn't know what it's like to be a butterfly before it goes in into its cocoon and you know all that changing and that pressure and we really have no idea what we're capable of and what is possible when we you know commit to to improving ourselves and to doing work um you know like act or erp and and there's just you know there's a lot of excitement there it's hard to feel when you're in despair but you know definitely want to leave with a message of hope um and And as far as advice, I think really um, just self-compassion, you know, it's super hard to, 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 to have OCD mm. and it can be an exhausting trudge going between different therapists, not really having people understand what you're going through and not being able to maybe talk about the feelings that you're having and just taking some time to recognize that what you're going through is hard. OCD yeah. is, I think, one of the most debilitating diseases, you know, ranks in the top 10 um, worldwide. And so it is treatable and you can get better, but don't take away from the challenge that you have to go through. Um, and, you know, that this, what you're going through is super difficult and that you only have so many, you know, resources at the moment. And so, you don't have to do it perfectly. You don't have to, you know, heal yourself in a day and, you know, in a week. And um, it's, yeah, I guess be, it's really hard. I've, I've had a lot of judgment for myself. It's like, oh, you know, I used to be this huge pro skier. I would go out and have fun and travel the world. And, it, you know, that be kind to yourself. You've been dealt a tough hand and it can be a super incredible opportunity to grow um but it's it's super hard so bring some love to yourself um and because you're worth it you know and yeah i guess that would be my advice fantastic yeah it's a really great message self-compassion so so important um fantastic thank you uh andre it's been great talking to you if people want to find out more about you uh how can they do that yeah, um, I I have a website. I've, my company is called Respirit Wellness, sort of like respirate. <laughs> uh, a lot of some breath puns there. 
Um, and I'm also, you know, on Instagram and Facebook, uh, at Andre ham. Um, and yeah, those are probably the best ways to find me. I teach online classes for breath work, uh, teaching sort of functional breathing, uh, how to breathe properly, as well as a lot of Wim Hof method fundamentals workshops, um, kind of around the, the mountain West area in the United States, Colorado, Wyoming, uh, Utah. And yeah, it's probably the best, best way to find me on those platforms. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, uh, thanks again. It's been, uh, it's been great talking to you. Thank you so much for having me, Rob. It was a pleasure. Just a quick reminder that if you want to get a free session, all you need to do to get that is to head over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com. And there you can leave me a message and we can arrange the uh, free session. And now just a quick reminder of my disclaimer. Any information that you view on my website, Instagram page, Facebook group, or anywhere else online, or any information that you listen to on the podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for actual medical or mental health advice from a doctor, psychologist, or any other medical or mental health professional.